Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. NFL reporter from Fanside.com, Matt Verderam. Are you ready for some football, Mr. Verderam? I am very ready, Mr. McDonald. I have been waiting all year long. This year has been uh, pretty trying for everybody. So it's nice to finally get to sit down and watch some NFL football this coming week. All right. Uh, COVID-19 made us all interchange and correct our lives and do things differently and gave us difficulties. No one will argue that. What has been the most difficult thing for a guy like yourself, an NFL reporter, during an offseason? It looks like you're not going to miss any games other than the terrible preseason loss of four games. Uh, What has been the most difficult part about trying to do this this job uh, amid COVID-19? I think just getting an idea of how these rosters are going to shake out. You know, like everybody, for the most part, knows even on the worst team who you know, 40 to 45 guys are, right? But there's usually some players who separate themselves in those awful preseason games. There are guys who play really well in camp. And, you know, normally, you know, even if I don't travel to that camp, you know, I'll reach out to, you know, someone that I, I know in the team or someone who covers the team if I don't know anybody with that specific organization. And you get an idea of, okay, this guy might be a surprise. This year, it's been a lot more tight-lipped because no one wants to give away those secrets. That's why we've seen these scrimmages like in Dallas where nobody had their, their number on the back of the jersey. Nobody had a name played. It, it's been a little more difficult. So um, I think for me, that, that's probably been the hardest part, just kind of getting a read on some of the back halves of the rosters. Understood. Um, now, with the NFL rosters this year, they had to cut down to the 53 today. Now, we know there's a lot of activity that will go on in the next 24 hours. Guys being claimed, other guys being cut, you're safe today, you're gone tomorrow. All that comes into play, and that's got to shake out. And then the formation of the practice squads, which they've added numbers to just because they know they're going to have more activity this year with potential positive tests how much more is there an importance to the practice squad this year than ever before? Oh, I think, I think it's magnified considerably because, as you mentioned earlier, with COVID, there's going to be guys that go on the COVID-19 list, hopefully not long-term, maybe just a game. Um, but when that happens, as you mentioned, like the, the, the practice squads have been expanded. There's three veteran spots that are protected. So you're going to have a situation for sure where an important player, a star player, is going to miss some time, you're going to have to fill in your roster. Now, maybe those practice squad players aren't going to come in and play big snaps. That would be a surprise. But you are going to have situations where those guys are going to have to come in, and they're going to have to play on special teams. They might have to contribute, depending on what the depth chart looks like, uh, you know, to play at least some snaps on offense or defense. You know, if, it, if a tight end room has you know, a run on, on it with, with COVID, two guys have to miss. And somebody's going to have to step in. So – Usually, 
you know, on a normal team, you know, guys go up and down in the practice squad. It, it doesn't really make much of a dent. It might more so make one this year. And it's going to be very interesting to see how players are claimed, especially young ones, because no one has any tape on some of these guys. So it'll be very fascinating to see that process play out. Matt Rudram from Fansided, our NFL guest here on CBS Sports Radio. Now, practice squad is the same other than it being expanded. The rules are the same as it has always been. Any team can pick a player off any other team's practice squad as long as they're ready, willing, and able to put them on their 53-man roster. So a lot of that is relationships and talking the talk and uh, getting information on guys because if you're going to put them on your roster, they got to be able to contribute for you. How difficult do you think that is for the teams? You just told us how difficult it is for a guy like you trying to cover the league, but the team is in the same boat. They're trying to get information that they used to be able to get their hands on at least easier than they have right now. Uh, Are there teams in the league that are better at this than others? Oh, no question. And oh, you know this as well as anybody. Information in sports is the coin of the realm, right? You need it. And it, let's be real. If this was a normal preseason and the four games were played, or any games were played for that matter, you'd have a lot of teams who send scouts to different games. You know, if they're interested in a certain guy, maybe somebody that they were going to draft in the seventh round, but he got taken a few spots earlier. You know, they, they might send a scout to go watch that player. And then, you know, that scout invariably might know somebody in that organization, sit down, have, have, you know, beer or some dinner with them after the game. Well, that's not happening this year. So I think the teams that have front offices who have been together a while, who have been at multiple combines, for anyone who's ever been to an NFL combine or the senior bowl down in Mobile, there's a lot of downtime, believe it or not, especially late in the night and early in the morning. And these teams, they get together with each other. They spend time. They know each other from being on the road, and they were all scouts. So if you have a veteran front office, you're going to have a lot more of those relationships that you talked about. If you're a front office that really has a lot of guys who are younger or kind of cutting their teeth, it's going to be harder to get that information. So I think it depends. You know, if you're John Schneider in Seattle, if you're Mickey and Loomis in New Orleans, um, you know, Howie Roseman, guys like that, I think you have an inherent advantage because you know a lot more people and, and you're going to trust that information. So I think if you're a team that, that has those types of guys, you're in better shape here during this cutdown period and then, you know, who you're going to be climbing off waivers. All right. As mentioned, teams already cutting down some recognizable names already on the waiver wire. Which one to you is the one that caught your attention the most and said, damn, didn't see that coming? Yeah, I got to say, this was not not uh, on Saturday here, but a couple of days ago. Adrian Peterson, I think, surprised me. And I, I know surprised most people in the league. He was expected to be their bell cow, really. And I think it's a credit to Antonio Gibson coming out of Memphis, who a lot of people really like. And now, apparently, is going to be the feature back. Of course, they cut Darius Geis earlier in the offseason. Now Adrian Peterson hits. But there were some other ones as well. I think you know the, the, the Bills cut a handful of veteran receivers. Got like a Robert Foster, who some people thought you know might might still hang around and make that team. Although the Bills' depth chart's gotten much better there, of course, with Stephon Diggs in the last couple of years, Cole Beasley and John Brown. Uh, but you know he, I think I think Foster could help somebody, uh, especially a team looking for someone maybe who's a little bit of a vertical threat. And then not so much that it was a cut. Uh, but the, the Raiders surprised me just in general. Lynn Bowden, who they just drafted, uh, you know, is a, a, I believe a fourth round pick, excuse me, a third round pick. They, they, they ended up sending him to the Dolphins. 
That was surprising. They, they also cut uh, Prince Mukumar the other day uh, in a secondary that I, I think could use him. So we'll see what the Raiders' ultimate plan is. But those were a couple moves that did surprise me. Fair enough. Josh Rosen, another one who found himself on the waiver wire, uh, is looking at playing for his third team in three years if anyone picks him up. Number one, will he be claimed with his contract intact, or will he hit free agency and then try and cut the best deal possible? I think he probably hits free agency at this point. I I don't think you're going to have a lot of teams clamoring to give him uh, that top 10 pick slot money. I I don't think that's going to happen. Right. Uh, as you mentioned, like, you know, he's in Arizona. Didn't work out. Okay, then he goes to Miami. He had every opportunity to win that job. They wanted him to win that job, and he didn't win that job. So now he's on on the, the street again, so to speak. If if you're Josh Rosen, let's say you go through the waiver process, you don't get claimed. You got to go find a place where you can legitimately develop. I think Jacksonville would be a great spot because Jay Gruden, the offensive coordinator there, he's worked well with young quarterbacks in his career. He, he was he was good with Cousins. He was good with Dalton in Cincinnati. Like to me, and that's the spot there's no pressure. There is there is no team that's under less pressure this year than Jacksonville. So you go there, you learn. If Minshew's good, okay, you sit on the bench. If Minshew struggles or he gets injured, maybe you have an opportunity there to learn and, and to do so without worrying about necessarily even winning the game uh, as they're in a full rebuild. So I think I think a team like that would be a really good spot. Rosen's got to think about where he can go and learn because right now uh, he, he's really on the edge of, of losing his NFL career only a couple of years in. You mentioned Jacksonville as a potential landing spot. I wanted to ask you about the Jags just in general. The phrase tanking, it has been used in a bunch of different sports, more notably the NBA than the NFL. But in my mind, there is no question that Jacksonville is tanking this year some might only call it a rebuild a retool it what it's tanking it is tanking in my mind and i'm okay with that as long as it doesn't last more than one season if you want to take two very significant steps back to take one forward that's fine you just can't take two steps back and two steps back and two more steps back to then try and take seven steps forward that's the way i look at it are you good with what Jacksonville is doing, trading off uh, commodities already proven in the NFL for future draft assets? I am. I am. And uh, let me say this. Look, uh, I grew up a New York Knicks fan, okay? I-, I wish the Knicks would have tanked about 20 years ago and rebuilt that team. We're still waiting. So I have no problem with a team recognizing where it is and saying, you know what? We're not going to win with this group. And, and Clayus Campbell's still a terrific player. AJ Boy is still a useful cornerback. You know, but they, they were never going to win in Jacksonville. That whole group that went to the AFC title game a few years ago, it, a lot of it had aged out. They had issues with Ramsey and Gawkway in terms of contract. And, and you could say that Jacksonville should handle it better. Fine. They didn't. It, it is what it is. They got the picks. Okay. I think they made out great in the Ramsey trade. And then Gawkway, I thought was a fair value. Um, if, if you're Jacksonville, you do have to understand where you are. But give Minshew 16 games to show you what he's got. Is he the guy? Is he not the guy? We're going to find out. But if he's not, and you go 2-14, and 14, okay, well, then you're going to get Trevor Lawrence or, or Justin Fields or Trey Lance, whoever ends up being that number one overall pick, and you're going to feel good about it, right? Like, Cincinnati has Joe Burrow right now. If, if, if Cincinnati had gone 6-10, and 10, 
They wouldn't have Joe Burrow. They might have Isaiah Simmons, which is great. Isaiah Simmons is a good player, but he's not Joe Burrow. So I think in the, in the NFL, and, and frankly in all sports, you are better off at the complete bottom than you are in the middle. The middle is the worst place you can be. I have no problem with the Jags trying to rebuild this thing on the fly. Fair enough. A um, couple of big signings in the NFL over the last 24, 48 hours. Deshaun Watson gets a contract extension uh, in Houston. Keenan Allen gets rewarded in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Uh, and I know the devil is always in the details with these contracts. We get these overall numbers, but then you need to find out how much is guaranteed, how much of it is just on paper that they're never going to see. The link to the contract. What's your analysis on the four-year 160 extension, million that is, for Deshaun, and the four-year 80 deal for uh, Keenan Allen? So for Keenan Allen, well, I think it's a great deal for the player. He's the best route runner in the league. He's had some injury problems, but he's been healthier the last couple of years. And if the Chargers are going to break in Justin Herbert here, whether it's this year or next, they need top weapons. Keenan Allen is arguably a top 10 receiver in the NFL. Did he get a, a really good bang for his buck, $20 million? Yeah. I mean, $20 million a year, that, that's typically upper echelon guy. You're talking about it. You know, Amari Cooper got that, but he had a ton of leverage. Uh, Tyreek Hill got that, of course, with Al Beckham. So I think that's about in the line. Maybe a touch more than I thought he would get, but I don't think it's crazy. And if you're the Chargers, you need to solidify that spot. So um, he's still young enough to earn that. And, and like you said, look, it depends, too, on structure and everything else. My guess is that's probably really like a three-year deal, um, you know, with almost like a fourth as an option. Deshaun Watson, I thought, was interesting. But the money makes plenty of sense. He was always going to come in below Mahomes and above Wilson. That's just the way the league works. I'm not surprised by that at all. $39 million. That seems fine and fair enough. I think the one thing uh, that is interesting is he gets a four-year extension. Now, that ultimately makes the deal you know, six years. But that also puts him in line to hit free agency when he's 30 years old. So you wonder if he's looking at this thing and going, okay, you guys have got to build around me because I'm coming into the building now. DeAndre Hopkins is no longer here. DJ Reader, good young nose tackle. He's not here. I didn't really see any big investment in other premier players. So I'm not going to sign up for any longer than that. But yes, I will take the money. So I thought I thought that was a perfect deal for Watson. It leaves him some options down the road and obviously gives him security for the rest of his life. Not a bad place to be in if you're uh, Mr. Watson right about now. He was, You're right. He wasn't going to get Mahomes money, but he got a little closer than I thought he might. But, again, we got to ferret through some of the details. All right. I need your opinion on this. This week, Roger Goodell said for the teams that are actually allowed to have fans in their stadium as compared to the teams that as of – uh, state law, city law, mayors, governors, whoever else is making these decisions have no chance of getting fans in the stands, at least as of opening week. There is no competitive advantage for the teams that have fans as compared to those who don't. Your thoughts? You know, on the surface, when I first saw that, I saw that's ridiculous. Of course you have an advantage to have fans. And only uh, at this point, like six teams do now with Cleveland coming out, they can fill the state in 10% capacity. But the more I thought about it, you're not going to have a huge noise component. I mean, at Arrowhead on Thursday night, there's actually going to be fans. She's one of those teams. They have about 17,000 people in the building. They will certainly make the, the biggest ruckus they can, but it's not going to make 80,000 strong at Arrowhead. The, the teams that don't have 
fans are going to be given these these loops uh, of sound that they can play at 70 decibels. Now, for, for anyone who doesn't know, 70 decibels is essentially like if you were running a vacuum cleaner in the room. It's annoying. <laughs> it's not necessarily an overwhelming amount of sound. So I don't think that any of these teams are going to have a huge advantage. I think if anything, with the teams that have fans, the advantage is going to come from the emotion. You're going to have people in the stands. It's going to... It's going to amp you up a little bit, I would think, for the home team. I think that's a far bigger advantage than any noise that you know, 17, 20,000 fans are going to make in a, in a big outdoor stadium. So I don't think there's a huge advantage. I know that's kind of counterintuitive, but that's my thought on it. All right. You just said, I don't think it's a huge advantage. Roger Goodell said none, which I think is just 120% BS that he's trying to justify the fact that some of the teams are going to get to put some dollars in their pockets by having fans in the stands while others, well, don't look at me. Look at your governor. Look at your mayor. I didn't take the money out of your pocket. What can you, uh, what can I say? But I'll go out and announce that there's no competitive advantage if it'll make you feel any better. It doesn't. (laughs) And I think it's absolutely stone cold. Yes. All right. Last question. Um, no, no pre, uh, preseason practices are what they are. They're limited by the collective bargaining agreement and by COVID-19. So this is surely not the same preparation that teams have done in years prior when games get underway Thursday night and then full blown skate on Sunday. Uh, it's going to be imperfect. It's probably going to be sloppy. It could be flat out ugly. Which side of the ball is going to look worse? Offense. Offense, in my opinion. Because at least defensively, as long as you're aware of the playbook and you can get the call in, that's a lot of reacting to what you're looking at. I do think you'll see some blown coverages, um, some missed tackles, for sure. Um, Because even in in the live practices now, very rarely are you really drilling a guy to the ground. It's a lot of wrapping up. So I do think there will be some of that. Offensively, though, I think you're going to have time issues, especially with teams that have new quarterbacks, uh, you know, or or a lot of new weapons. You know, there's a few teams out there that really swapped out a lot of their receivers. So, I think those teams are going to struggle. But I really think, and I felt this all year long or all summer long, I should say, the teams that have coaches, quarterbacks who've been around a while together, continuity with the rest of the roster. I think those teams are going to come flying out of the gate. And teams, even if they're talented, they haven't been together a while, I think it's going to take a little bit. Like, I think Tampa's really talented. I think they're going to be a playoff team. It'll be a factor in January. I think they're going to have a hard time in New Orleans on Sunday. I just I think that's going to take a little while. Whereas some of these other teams, like a Kansas City, Baltimore, New Orleans, Seattle, Philly, what have you, I think those teams, while maybe a little rusty, are going to come out and play a lot better than some of these teams still trying to almost get to know each other after what is really just what five weeks of camp. All right. When I punch against up like yourself, certainly somebody who knows no most more about the national football league than I do. I try and come up with a question that maybe they haven't thought of. Uh, so let me run this one by in. If you say, Hey Joe, that's a good question. I just don't know. That's cool because I'm almost playing dirty here. Is there a player who is right now not playing in the National Football League because he opted out, who will change his mind and opt back in and be a difference maker in this season? If so, who? That is a good question. And I I don't have any educated guess. I would say a player 
that's on a competitive team. So I'll take I'll take the odds and say someone off in New England since they had the most guys. They had more than anybody else. Very good, smart answer, my friend. Very good. Play the odds. (laughs) Well, it might be something to keep an eye on as the season plays itself out. Matt, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board with us tonight. We will. Touch base plenty over the course of the season. Glad you're getting back to work. Thanks a lot, Jody. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Matt Vergeram from uh, fansided.com, our guest talking NFL with us here on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.